Hello and welcome to the Four Color Nerds podcast, episode 25. I'm Christina and I'm joined by the other nerd. Hey, other nerd. (laughs) It's Ryan. (laughs) Hello. Each week we read a variety of comics and gather here to discuss them. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. If you don't want to hear spoilers, take a break now and go read your week's books and then come back. Each week, one of us picks their favorite book of the week, and that's our pick of the week. This week, I am that nerd. This pick of the week goes to Angela, Queen of Hell, issue number six. Our companion song for tonight is Highway to Hell by ACDC because, because it fucking rocks. That's why. And it's all hell. So Angela, Queen of Hell, issue number six, by written by Marguerite Bennett, art by Stephanie Hans. There's some sad news, at least for me, this week, that this is now the second to the last issue. The book has actually been canceled, along with a slew of other Marvel, Secret Wars, etc. books. Yeah, I think Howling Commandos. Yeah, a bunch a bunch of stuff that we, some of it we actually like. Yeah, like Her- Hercules, I really like. There's a Howling Commandos this week we'll talk about. So, so kind of sad. I'm I'm not happy about it. I mean, I'll find Marguerite Bennett other where you know other places, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed her run on this book, um, the continuation from the 1602 series, which kept the same characters, which was nice. So Angela, you know, at, at the end of the last issue, Angela was the Queen of Hell, not the Queen of Hell anymore. Gave it back or gave it up. So this is now it's kind of fun because it's like getting back to their real lives. I can't honestly imagine Angela having a real normal life at all. I mean, she still walks around in the uh, the metal bikini, which is hilarious. <laughs> I was like, she's just walking around the street like, hey, you know, I'm just wearing my metal bikini, whatever. There was a nice line about, because they're basically broke and they are kind of to the point where they need to look for like a day job, which yet again, metal bikini, not not really sure what else you're going to do other than, I don't know, show cars. When I saw that, I was wondering if they were ever going to be like a Patsy Walker uh, crossover with everyone looking for jobs. That would have been hilarious like have her have her find jobs like what like i would love to see like the list of jobs that she's like eligible for <laughs> like bouncer uh strip club lancer specifically i think would have been good but i love the there was a nod in there in the lines of like what you know they may need money for like the deadpool movie like without saying the deadpool movie <laughs> the number one rated R like comic book movie. Um, also, nod to Hamilton, which I thought was kind of funny because I don't know how much crossover there are with musicals and comic books. I laughed. I actually showed it to my husband, who was like, "That's pretty awesome." Well, Hamilton is awesome. So the music is great. We've been listening to the music nonstop, but I just thought it was hilarious. And I actually I showed it. I had to show it to my husband because he is like so in deep with Hamilton right now. He's been listening to the soundtrack constantly. Um, still can't get him to read a comic book, but I tried. I was like, look, look, there's a Hamilton, Hamilton thing. He's like, oh, that's cool. And then moves on. (laughs) It's like, all right, fine. Some of the best lines from this issue was Thori, the dog. Oh, I love that little dog. Holy crap. That little dog freaking is awesome. And I love it because it's kind of like, it makes me think of the lion cat, but it's like the horrible truth dog of evil. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the uncomfortable truth yes. dog yeah <laughs> it just was like oh man all he had all the best freaking lines 
and there was no like there was there was a couple like murder blood kill but it was he was very more vocal this time and i thought the lines were pretty spectacular i liked when uh they were talking about the the meatballs from uh, from ikea yes. his uh spoils of war I know. <laughs> that was awesome. those like those meatballs are spoils of war they really are so we get to see some crazy crazy bullshit happening sarah leaves leaves the uh, the apartment with with Thori and take the dog for a walk and so Angela can Sarah and Sarah can have some some business time <laughs> yes <laughs> they need some private time they have a new bed yep got to got to break that shit in so as she's out on the walk there's some like crazy freaking hitchcockian dude being attacked with freaking hot dogs and choking and killing this guy which is like some crazy weird weird stuff happening yeah, this issue had its quota of weird stuff happening. <laughs> oh, yeah. The next scene, the freaking ramen monster that attacks the freaking... It just comes out of the ramen bowl and attacks that guy. And I love the the uh, Miyazaki nightmare fuel line. I was like, that is so freaking awesome and appropriate. I like where uh, Thori is eating the noodle monster. He's like, noodles for the noodle guy. That was the best one! <laughs> Just like blood for the blood god. That made me smile, but god damn it, I love that Thor eats him and he gets all like the giant fat belly. That was so cute. <laughs> Thor looks a lot like my dog, which makes it even more enjoyable. <laughs> well, you should um, take pictures of the dog and write li- and do little snap things on it, where it's got like the you know blood for the blood god, noodle for the noodle god, dog food for the dog food god. <laughs> this is my jam. I'm so sad that it's going to be gone. This is totally my jam. We got to freaking see Thor, female freaking Thor in it. And that was freaking awesome because she's there to figure out what's because she knows some crazy shit is happening. She thinks it's Angela doing it. But we come to find out it's all tying back into the original 1602 where there's the crazy play that was written in Christopher Marlowe's blood, which was that was the hell at the Iron Man where he was killed in the Iron Man and his blood was taken used to write the play. We had talked about that when we saw that. We're like, oh, I wonder if that blood's going to be part of the new, you know, all new, all different Marvel. And And here it is. There's a really cool image, too, where uh, Angela and Thor are her. Is it her spear or whatever it is with uh, Mjolnir are are hitting each other? And there's this explosion. Mew. 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 I don't know how you say it. I think it's Mjolnir. But yeah, I just remember from the movie where, what's her name, it calls it Mew Mew. That's, that's how I refer to it in general now, is Mew Mew. God damn, I'm sad. It's such a good <laughs> series, too. I mean, they even talk about, like, in the reviews, they call it the most most literate series. And it's just yeah, it's there's such so- solid writing and... It's really good. It's a shame that more people didn't didn't read this. I know. And I think I hope that people like kind of look back and maybe go back to the 1602 and then continue on with this and go, oh, damn, this was really good. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would have never read it if you hadn't told us to read the 1602 one. And that was yeah. that was great. This is good. Too. It's good, too. It's different. I love I love the touches. I mean, there's a lot of callback to like current pop culture and stuff like that, especially in this one. And it's been in some of the other ones, too. So it's kind of fun, like to. And I think a lot of Marvel books do that anyway, but I don't know. I just kind of is one of these books where I feel like it was kind of written for me and I'm really sad that it's gone so soon. I mean, obviously we knew it was going to end at some point because I mean, how many, how many things can Angela take over and do and stuff like that? She's kind of a limited character, but I think that this series has actually shown what she's kind of capable of love and, and murder. 
Yeah, well, I mean, you get, you get lots of good action. You get really weird stuff happening. You get kind of more, I don't know if they're tender moments, but they're, they're more like character-driven moments. There's the book has, a, has it all going on. And there is that super awesome image of the Faustian queen uh, at the end. Oh, that's so awesome. And that's, oh, that's, I love how they, I, don't know, I love it. Oh, I didn't even notice before. Did you notice like the hands coming out in the back page? Um, when, when they show the, the Faustian queen, uh-huh. I just noticed that trying to claw their way out of it. Yeah. yeah. Creepy nightmare stuff. Creepy, awesome nightmare stuff. We'll pour a little out for Angela later. <laughs> little Marlo blood. Marlo blood. <laughs> well, it was funny when they first started talking about it. I was like, I don't recognize this Shakespeare play. Oh yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This sounds an awful lot <laughs> like the 1602. Oh yeah. I love, did you notice the, the posters in the background of a couple panels? They, they yes. showed it twice. And that was like, as soon as the first one I saw it, I was all, that's there for a reason. And I was like, oh, so good. Tie it all together. I like that. There's a, there's a lot of issues that are kind of wrapping up. And I really feel like they, the artists and writers feel like they have like kind of like a freedom here to kind of yeah. go let it all out. You well, know? Now they need to wrap all, all this shit up in one last book. Yeah, I think Marvel, um, like I said, they're they're canceling stuff, but they're not really making a big deal out of the ones they cancel. They're just letting them them run out. I hope they uh, they keep Marguerite Bennett and and Stephanie Hans and keep them on something. Right, but I don't know what the fate of Angela is going to be after this. She's kind of a weird fit in the Marvel universe. She really know? is. She doesn't really. I mean, I remember some of the old old series had her as part. She was in the Guardians book. Wasn't she hitting on Gamora too at that point? I think. I think that was when it was. Uh, was it Asgard's assassin? Yeah. I yeah. thought there was a crossover of the Guardians book, or maybe the Guardians were just in it. Yeah, she she doesn't really fit anywhere. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll pick her up with Thor if Jason Aaron wants to write her. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that down. I wouldn't be too sad about that. It's hard. I, I can't give it a five, but I love it so much. I'm gonna give it a a four point seven five uh, ramen monsters. <laughs> I will give it four Faustian queens, which are awesome. So we're gonna pick up where Matt left us. So, yeah, Matt is having, there's uh, storms and power outages and, and all kinds of stuff. So he, he can't be there, be here, but uh, that storms and, and trouble won't stop Hellboy. So we have Hellboy uh, and the BPRD, 1953, Beyond the Fences, number two. So a, a super long title for this. This one is kind of the continuing story of Hellboy basically in suburbia. There have been all of these like missing pets and missing children and the BPRD are, are tracking everything down and they find dog that they've been looking for that they encountered like the last issue that kind of ran off uh, back into the woods. Crazy hell dog. And it, it looks really creepy. It's gigantic and it's kind of like becoming more monstrous and less dog-like. There's actually a really creepy part where they where it's like shedding its skin like a snake. That was so and at first they think it's like a rug that they find in this barn, but it's actually the shedded skin of the, the dog, which is very it's, creepy. The demon <laughs> popped out of it is what I, I thought of it. I was like, oh my God, it just like popped out of the body of the dog. And now it's just... Yeah, and they say that it still basically has like a dog's thoughts and motivations, you know? Like at the end when the dog goes uh, running off towards the school... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a murder spree or if it's going back to its its owner. Yeah. Um, which still being a gigantic demon, even if it's just there to to play, is going to going to cause some problems, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. It was like all na- naked and gross too. It was like, oh, it's no longer a dog. It's not cuddly and sweet, but it had the weird like bony body of that dog tail. Yes. It looks like almost like a lizard dog combination yeah. with really nasty teeth. Yeah. Good thing of nightmares. <laughs> 
And it's, yes, our, our journey through hell definitely continues with this one. I really like Hellboy stories. I like when they're self-contained like this. I do so you don't have to follow, you know, a hundred and something issues like you do in like BPRD that you get. You get your Hellboy story at a point in time. You know, the stories are usually pretty good. Um, they're self-contained. Um, this one continues that. It's a, it's a very good Hellboy story. I like that these are things that you could give people who say, I like the Hellboy movies. You would probably like this because it's a story yes. from the past. And you can, you know, you can see it through in probably like what? It's probably gonna be like six issues. Probably like four. Yeah. They're usually shorter. Yeah. And that's and and it's a contained story. So if you enjoy the character, you're going to enjoy these short, short, limited stories to get some history on the character. I yes. love it's Hellboy. I love it. <laughs> I can't not. I enjoyed it a lot. I ended up the art look looks great in it. The writing is solid. If if you're missing Hellboy, if you want some Hellboy in your life, this is a good series. There's other 1953 series as well, and they're also good. They don't t- they don't need to have read one to read the other one. If you have read other ones, a lot of the characters are the same, but it's always you know a couple months later, and it doesn't really tie back to the other one. That I love much. Hellboy. I love it so much. I'm I'm still one of those people who was holding out for the third movie because that's how I was first introduced to Hellboy was actually watching the movie, not right. reading the comic first, and then going back and reading the comics because of it. And I love Ron Pullman. That's perfect casting. Yeah. Every once in a while you get perfect casting and Pearlman as Hellboy is absolutely perfect. I don't think anyone else could have done it. Nope not done it justice i ended up giving this one three and a half hands of doom i will give it three and a half shedded dog skins that's so crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy saying it i had another another book uh, continuing hell in its its own way uh totally awesome hulk number four from marvel comic uh written by greg pack uh frank cho is the artist uh this one has uh, it's lady hellbender mm-hmm. That's in it. Uh, so she has come to Earth to collect all of the the monsters, and the biggest monster that she wants is is the Hulk. So you have Amadeus Cho battling against her, and there's there's lots of things I like about this. I like that you get the story of what happened to Bruce Banner in kind of like in flashbacks. Yeah. So. Yeah. It reveals just a little bit at a time, so it doesn't bog itself down with like an origin story. That was great. Yeah, I think that's a, a really smart way to to do it. You also have this. I like the imagery that they're doing with Amadeus Cho, like mentally when he's thinking about it, um, of being like in a thing really fast with the the actual Hulk chained up in the trunk trying to get out. I and mean, he's always been like locking him away. But in order to to triumph in this time, he needs to let the Hulk out. And he does. Uh, and there's a, you know, a little bit where it's just him being basically the like mindless Hulk smashing everything. And the image they have for that in his head is like the the car basically kind of like going, going over like a cliff with like flames coming off the wheel. And they're both like partying in the car, like Cho and the Hulk. Like, this is awesome. I love that. I was like, oh my god, this kind of, I kind of fell out of love with, I think, the last issue or so with this book, but this one, this one got me back on board. This one, because I, the lady, hell, whatever, hellbender, or hellbent, was kind of like, eh, eh, I don't like that character so much. She looks so much like Harley Quinn right. that I, I, I don't like I that. would have liked to seen something different, and it's, it's the hot topic scary person, like, it's... <laughs> It's yes. Not, it's not, I don't know. It's not, I don't want to say it's not original, but it kind of is not original. And it just, I don't, I don't particularly care. I, I think they could have made the character way, way cooler looking. 
I think so too. I think they took kind of an easy an easy way out with that. I do like uh, yeah. She Hulk is in this. There's a part where they're spying on uh, the Hulk and Lady Hellbender, yeah. basically making out, and they cut away to everyone's face watching it. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Where they're all like, Ugh. and then Spider Man is like, "You got her number, right?" <laughs> I love, okay, Spider Man is hilarious. Is hilarious in this. I loved him throughout. One of my favorite panels was when the monsters kind of like get out of all the two tu- the tubes. Amadeus has one of them and he holds it by his face. And he's like, "What's the matter, big guy?" I was like, "Oh, it's cute." <laughs> I like. Yeah, and then she activates like their control collars right. and to then goes, everything. Like- everyone goes crazy. Yeah, that's when he has to. Well, because like they say, like each of these monsters is like as strong as She-Hulk, you know. So she's she's doing her best to fight against them, but he needs to to let that loose. But he's able to prove still have his his mental like faculties about. Mm-hmm. Like he figures out that they're all standing in water, so he basically rips a power line out and uses it to electrocute all of them and knock them out. So he he is able to unleash the Hulk and and punch some people, but he also. He gets- um, still has control over it. So I like that, that he's having to balance the two parts of, of himself, you know, that he's, he's becoming more in tune with the actual Hulk and learning how to use that, that part of him. Yeah, He's a fun Hulk. I didn't really know that much about Amadeus Cho before this. Yeah. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't too enthused about it. I know Matt was really excited to see this come out, but I, I really liked this take. I like it. to see a different Hulk. Like he's still the Hulk, but he's very different. Super smart as well. I think it's really cool how they're trying to have a Hulk who has like an actual balance and can find his like inner like c- control his inner Hulkness and still being able to be his super intelligent. Whereas our real Hulk has lost all of that. Yeah, like he can have his intellect while he's Banner, but when he's yeah. Hulk, not not so much. So I think he can yeah. show here can balance the two. And I think they do. A really good use of like the the comic medium with the the car as like a metaphor for the the control like they can say a lot in there without having to be super exactly. wordy about exactly. it i like him uh that amadeus cho uh calls her yeah. and she doesn't like, like what? that uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. uh-uh. <laughs> well there's a few other times where uh like miles morales has said things about her and they always have that her like reaction panels to them saying things which i, I kind of like because she's you know she's a lot older than right. them so i kind of picture like the the adult turning to the teenagers and being like what did you just say Excuse me did you not call me by mrs something <laughs> yeah i mean she's not a mom but it's like the but she, she's kind like of their the, mom she's kind of their mom yes. um and he gets a nickname Choki. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah she turns it around yeah, on him <laughs> i like that combined cho and hulk together yeah, yeah. i like that so I, I enjoyed this. If you like the the Hulk, if you like this book is fun yeah. more than anything else. It has that that sense of fun that like a lot of Marvel books now seem to really be embracing the the joy in there. That they're kind of going the opposite route of the like the dark and moody book. I mean, there are bad things that happen, and there there is you know gravitas and, and serious situations. But it seems like Marvel is trying to embrace the fun that's in comics. And I like once they uh, defeat all the little monsters and they're shrunk down to uh, the size of like, I don't know, like little like lizards like or hamsters. yeah, like little hamster monsters, I think is, and they're like chasing them around and like, it's just, it's cute. You they're know, playing with them, being happy. I, I enjoyed this one. I gave this one um, three and a half containment sh- suits. And I give it three and a quarter meat wagons or food <laughs> truck. I like that. The meat wagon. 
Isn't it, it's like a Korean barbecue truck, isn't it? If I yeah, they have uh, kimchi ramen was one of the the things that was mentioned, but it's like supposed to be like all meats they have. But yeah, I just thought that was cute. The meat wagon. Yeah, because when when Cho hulks out, he needs he needs massive amounts of food, so they have to they have to basically carry a food truck. They got to be ready for it. Yeah. So continuing more hell. Are we four for four? <laughs> We're four for four. I think we're four for four. This is a special hell-themed edition. <laughs> Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, issue number four, uh, written by Kate Leth and art by Brittany L. Williams. I totally loved that we actually got to see um, Tara from Howard the Duck in here and Howard the Duck. I did have an issue. Mm, I had an issue with Howard. With the beak. Is that, the beak. It is yes. not a duck beak. And no, it's like a raptor. I'm like, that is not a duck. Get out. I did not like it. And there was some panels that had it right, but there were some panels. It looks, it just, it doesn't look right. And it, bo- it seriously bothers me. And you know, my husband is a duck farmer. So seriously, I see ducks all the damn time. I, I did not know he was a duck farmer. That is an unusual thing. I don't think I've ever say heard anyone say, you know, my husband is a duck farmer. Sounds like a threat almost, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He will quack you up. It got to me. It really got to me. However, I did. I do like the character of Tara. I thought that was cute. She was a, ta- she was a tattoo artist. And Patsy now has a job there. And she got a Hellcat tattoo, which I thought was freaking adorable. And almost for a couple seconds, almost made me want to get one. <laughs> really cute. I don't know. Maybe if I got a really small one. They, I do enjoy the character of Hellcat. This continues like the, you know, the Cassiolea who's recruiting to try to get all these people, you know, on her team. And she's totally not the Enchantress. (laughs) Yes, it's totally. And they reference that so many times. Totally not the Enchantress. Totally not the Enchantress. We're like, yeah, we we got it. She's (laughs) going to fucking turn out to be the Enchantress just because they're trying to fuck with us. Well, I think she's like the, they, you know, the ripoff version of the Enchantress they used back in the old Patsy Walker comics. The ripoff of. It's, it's, It's funny, but, you know, they keep referencing that. I'm like, okay, I think we got it. Unless you're totally trying to fool us. So Patsy, Patsy has to leave her, you know, her job. She's going to go actually with her lawyer, She-Hulk, which is awesome. That's her lawyer and her friend. She-Hulk is a lawyer. I know. I just, I love, I I love it that She-Hulk is a lawyer and she's also a She-Hulk. I love when they do the Daredevil She-Hulk courtroom battles. Those are awesome. (laughs) The two of them together. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the two superheroes who are also lawyers and have like real regular jobs, which I think is awesome. But she she's going to meet with She-Hulk and Hetty to work out the rights uh, to getting her, you know, her image back. But uh, Cassilia has sent her lackey to go and, you know, stop her. And, and I love it. She calls Valkyrie, which and they then reference the original comic that I guess Valkyrie and and uh, Hellcat uh, what, captured Cassiolea originally, which I can't remember what, what it was, but it's like C comic, this blah, 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 blah. Defenders. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. The Defenders see this. So they try. She helps her and they're going to take their her lackey, which was. I, I like that when she texts her, her, her text messages appear on her sword. Oh, yeah, of course. On Valkyrie's yeah. sword. You can have the phone and a sword at the same time. So they go and they're, I guess, they're, they go back to Cassiolea and Cassiolea imprisons them. And they find out that, you know, she's got these crazy team of mutants, which I'm sure we'll all find out what their names are because those are not any of the normal mutants that we know. And it kind of, it kind of, yeah. it's kind of funny because it seems like they all kind of have kind of lame powers. Yeah, they do. Well, like the, the person, the, the bed bug yeah. powers and the like these are not these are like the a list superheroes they're like the d list z list 
<laughs> superheroes. So I can't I can't wait to find out who what they all they all can do. But of course, this totally impedes Patsy from her meeting with She Hulk and her, her friend her, or not, her friend. frenemy that owns the yeah. rights to Patsy yeah. Walker. Yeah. So totally impedes that. So of course that will be to at a later date. I love the uh, the conversation between She Hulk and Ian, where they're trying to fight, figure out where the hell she is. And she's, of course, not responding because she's been imprisoned by Cassiolea's evil plan. Mwahaha. It's kind of <laughs> funny. I like I like the kind of cheesiness of, like, she's probably, you know, it's going to be, she's going to tell, she's telling her her plan as she's imprisoned her. So we all know how this works in traditional TV show cartoons. We're going to tell you the entire plan and then she's going to get out. And this, this felt a lot like a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. to me. Um, the art style, uh, the the writing, the the setting. I mean, in a in a good yeah, way. Yeah, it's, it's um, enjoyable. It's totally enjoyable Saturday morning Saturday morning cartoon, and it's like a var age, like you know the eighties cartoons, not early nineties. I do love the drawings of Patsy when she gets really angry. Mm-hmm. The faces, I love the, the so many different faces that like you can see her. However, she feels is she's wearing it straight on her face. Yes. Like that is that is so enjoyable. I I love it. But yeah, it, it's another it's another win. I love continue on with the Hellcats. I love the pictures in the back of the book too. I don't know if you see all the people who send in pictures of their cats. Oh yeah, I was looking through that. <laughs> There's <laughs> I, I really like the letter com. I like that they do that. Like they had the one like all the cats and hats yes. that they have and yes. Here's it's- my cat with the you know, first issue of Hellcat or yes. <laughs> me and my cat. Yeah, I think it's really cute. I like it because it, I mean, it, it seems like it's kind of a girl comic, but it's cute. I mean, it's fun. It's funny. It's- Marvel is finding a lot of success when they reach outside of that normal, like male dominated comic book, you know, that they're having success with like Miss Marvel, uh, with Patsy Walker, you know, that they're, they're finding their place, which Made me kind of sad that that Angela didn't find that success. You know? I've heard a lot about Squirrel Squirrel Girl more than I expected to hear. I about did not in... expect it to last, yeah. but they've really integrated her into the Marvel universe uh, a lot more. And there's going to be a Howard the Duck Squirrel Squirrel Girl crossover. I know how freaking crazy is that? I, I I love it though. I think it's funny that they're pulling out these all these old characters or characters that really didn't exist because Squirrel Girl never truly existed, did she? She was kind of a no, no, she she's an old. She's part of the. I want to say the like Great Lakes Avengers, which was almost like a joke book that they did for like the the terrible superheroes who have no powers. Yeah. You know, because I mean, she started out basically as like a riff on like Spider Man and all the like animal based. You know, like I have the powers of a squirrel. You know, but she's turning out to be a legit character. I think it's a character that a lot of and, and same with Miss Marvel. It's a character that a lot of younger girls can start on for comics. It's a newer story. It doesn't have like ties to ages of comics a few weeks ago i was hanging out with my my friend who has a, a daughter who's younger and who likes comics but she was kind of complaining that you know they're all they're all like boy comics you know but she didn't like the like sort of like romance the crappy girl right. comics that she'd seen before so i ended up giving her some suggestions and and buying her some some stuff to show her the good comics for girls that are about 11 or 12 there you know? are good comics for girls i think i mean yeah. when i was growing up i don't know if there was i mean i had catwoman that was my that was my jam <laughs> i had all the i had all the catwomans 
I think he would kind of get shoved towards like maybe like Archie or like something yeah. like that if he were a girl who wanted to read comics, but certainly no punching and explosions. No, you know? no. But I think these are, I mean, these are good, these are good general ages comics. I mean, these are fun comics. There is, I mean, there is some fighting in them, but it's all fun and it, like this is very comical and it's it's not a hard yeah, I, think, I don't think it's a very hard story to follow either so it's not they really lay it out for you they do and but there's lots of details that don't like move the plot forward so you don't feel so you feel like there's like a world and a tone that's being built here yeah you know i mean i had to take a a, a star off for that that howard the duck bill oh. that was god awful so um, angry because it's like hooked at the end, you know, and a hook like that is for like a raptor, so, and he's not. I'm gonna drop some duck knowledge on you. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back for ducktails. <laughs> so ducks traditionally are certain species of ducks do actually have a hook in their beak. Ducks that are like home, you know, meant for home and stuff like that. That it's usually filed off or removed because they actually can kill each other with it. It is. Well, I, I live in, in Oregon, and my. Where I live is right next to a pond. Mm -hmm. There are ducks everywhere. Right. But they don't have that. <laughs> They're like squirrels up here. Yeah, yeah. They don't have that hook. So, yeah, no, there's only certain types of ducks that have that. Howard has never had that. I don't like it. We don't like it. Nope. I didn't like I'm it. I'm a either. fan. I did. Th I was a fan of their version of like Tender that they were showing. Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, that was very cute. I enjoy it. Um, I love how she's explaining that it's just, just swipe left. Just, just swipe left. <laughs> Well, I love all the little the dude bro uh, write ups that oh they have. You know? Those were so and seriously, like the pictures. Holy crap! I really hope that people don't actually put pictures like that as their picture. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I know these days, these kids. I will give it three and a quarter Valkyrie sword cell phones. I will give it three duck bills. I had to take a star off just for the duck bill. It was it was pretty strong, but that that was that was a duck too far. Some darker, darker things. Go sing my na 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 Batman. So we have Batman number fifty from DC Comics, written by Scott Snyder, art by Greg Capullo. So this is a a large, basically a double or maybe even triple size issue of Batman, and this one is filled to the brim with craziness. You basically, it's it's awesome, but it is like you ever want to see Batman in a I do fighting a giant, you know. 12-story monster? Like, here it is. So you have Mr. Bloom, who's basically turned into, like, a... It reminds me so much of, like, Godzilla. Just rampaging through... Thinking, um, it was, like, kaiju, and they're fighting kaiju in their mecha suits, and they're gonna get in the drift and stuff. Like, that was my... Yes, very much. Like, this felt like a Pacific Rim Batman kind of... So it, it's... You get uh, Jim Gordon, who got messed up by Mr. Bloom. I don't know if it was last issue or the issue before. Um, so he's he's bleeding out, and he's he's dying, and they're trying to get him onto the, the helicopter, but he's he's not having any of it. You know, the fight's not over. Bloom's still out there, so he's gonna, he's gonna cowboy up, and he's gonna go out there and, and fight Bloom. Uh, and that's when... So you see uh, the the bat suit that they have is fighting kind of like on autopilot and Bloom takes control of a lot of the uh, the mechs and starts using them to like open fire on people to try and turn that uh, idea of Batman like against the city. Ingenious on his part. Which I thought was kind of disturbing. They, they've been doing, I think Scott Snyder has had a lot of stuff with um, like police brutality 
which is pretty, you know, topical here in, in Batman. He's used those images a lot. Um, so I think he's probably saying something here as well. Um, there's, I think, just an awesome scene where he goes to confront Mr. Bloom and Mr. Bloom tells him, like, you're not Batman. And that's when you have the actual Batman drop down on top of the uh, the bat signal. And you've got this just great, you know. I wish that image had been almost a whole page. Yes, I wish I- that should have been a splash. Yeah, I really. He's like, you're not Batman, and it's like, no, and then he lands on top of the bat signal. I am. It just, oh, it's it's a great image. There's lots of really good images of Batman in here where he he like. There's one where he's like swinging across like the skyline, and he grabs the the one of the we are, we are Robin uh, kids. Oh yeah, that's a really good image. It's just it's it's very very cool. So you, Batman, his body has been healed, so he's like the fastest, strongest, healthiest Batman has always has ever been really which is like any like professional athlete you know they always play with injuries you know and batman has always fought with a broken bone here or a torn muscle here but now with his body completely regenerated he doesn't have any of those physical limitations so he's able to do a lot more but he doesn't have all the like the muscle memory though so it's kind of you know you gain one thing and you lose another so i thought that was kind of interesting and then you have like this this really cool part where batman basically is uh taking jim over to the helicopter and he ends up handcuffing him to the door of the helicopter so that he has to go back to so he basically has to go to the hospital because he knows jim will will keep fighting you know that he's not going to give up that he's willing to die to take down bloom so you think that that's kind of moving him out of the story but then a couple pages later you see jim he has like the door that he's basically has detached from the helicopter and is kind of using like a shield which i thought was it's i haven't really liked jim gordon as batman here but I feel here, I, I enjoyed him very much, that willingness to, to keep going and to keep fighting. He's protecting his city. He's He is the he was the Batman when there couldn't be a Batman. He's really showing that he loves his city and will die for it, which I think is amazing. And I also liked the uh, mirror reflection of him and Bruce Wayne talking about Gotham City, mm-hmm. that they have the same observations about Gotham, about how big it is. I enjoyed that. I thought that was a nice bit of writing. So I also thought the part with one of the... I I feel bad. I didn't really read We We Are Robin. I read the first issue. Wasn't crazy about it. So the part with those those two, I don't know that much about them. So I feel like there's... I I didn't know either, but I thought it was really interesting like I, I don't know if you had to know anything about them because they do kind of tell you you know who they are I mean it, it, it's short but I feel like I knew enough by just reading yeah. this who they were. I thought the part with his parents having been affected by the the Joker uh, stuff was yeah. was really effective you know to kind of give you that that tragedy um, so you find out that Mr. Bloom is not the original Mr. Bloom that he has stolen this technology from one of the we are Robin uh, kids who originally created this um, to give everyone the power to be like a superhero. But Bloom stole it from him um, and is turning everyone into supervillains. There's also, you find out that he's using all these like these pods, these seed pods that he's given people to awaken like powers in them. He's using it to like drain power from the city and into him. That's why he's so big and powerful. And I like there's, there's a scene where they're, the people realize what's happening and they start tearing the the seeds out of themselves. Like they start like basically biting into themselves to to get at the the seeds, which it's I thought brutal. was yeah, pretty brutal imagery that they're doing. You know, but the people are are fighting back as well. You know that they're rejecting that power and they have to you know physically tear it out of themselves. The the whole issue is 
it's it's packed with really awesome uh, Batman imagery. You've got you've got giant Batman mecha suits fighting fighting monsters. You've got so much craziness going on. Uh, the Joker suit. Yeah, the big Joker suit. Yes. Oh shit! That was awesome. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Well, when I saw that, I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's exactly what I was like. Oh, oh no. <laughs> you went there. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, anyway, so, it was Joker, Joker Batman. I'm I'm so glad that the, the that Bruce Wayne is back as Batman. I, had, I hadn't stopped reading Batman while Jim Gordon was filling in for Batman, but I wasn't loving that that storyline there were parts i liked with whenever bruce was on the page i i liked that that part but i'm i'm glad that he's back and taking center stage uh, i really enjoy that i mean when issue 52 comes along that'll be the end of scott snyder's run on batman he'll move over to detective when they do the whole dc rebirth um so he's not leaving right. batman but um i don't know if so, you so it's tom king who writes uh the vision he also wrote Sheriff of Babylon, which you guys didn't like, but he'll be taking over for the actual Batman series. Oh, I like, I, well, I like the Vision series, but I know a lot of people didn't like it because it, it, it it's a, they're cold. Well, there's, <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Vision series. I think it is I do. chilling, I do. you know? I do too. I think that's what makes it so great, but I, apparently a lot of people did not like it or care for it at all. Well, and also with uh, it's, Tom King's military background that you see a lot of in Sheriff of Babylon, I think you're going to see, I think that'll make a really interesting Batman writer. I think it's a good fit. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So I, I just think that the run that Scott Snyder has done, these 52 issues will go down um, as, to me, the, the best Batman series since... Um, Basically, Dark Knight, which was not a regular series. So I, I, I know you guys yeah, probably uh, haven't read all of them. It is well worth it to go back and reread it. I I mean, this issue was fantastic. The Jim Gordon speech, like his, his soliloquy talking about everything and the, the freaking end, the Semper Fi, that, that got me. That got me yeah, good. Yeah, that was, I love I, that I, moment. That was pretty, That's, pretty This fantastic. is where Jim Gordon won me over, which is right at the end of him being Batman. And they talk about right. that this was your, this is your Joker. Mr. Bloom was your villain that you fought right. and saved the city from. I, I did enjoy that. I thought this was really great. I, being that I came into it in the last, what, four or five mm-hmm. issues, didn't exactly know what's going on. This is a, this, it, it's a Batman story. It's really a really good Batman story. My only advice for people who are going to go back, if they are going to go back and reread it, is get the actual physical books. There are a few issues where Batman gets affected by either like a fear toxin or has something wrong with him where you have to basically rotate the pages to follow the story um, as he's going through like a maze. That's not going to work. Yeah, it doesn't work on an iPad because it just keeps flipping the pages for you unless you lock your screen and it it takes away from (laughs) that impact. So this one you definitely want to read in. But I I like this. Um, I will give it four... Bat signals. I'm gonna get four mecha Batman <laughs> awesome, awesome suits. Pretty freaking awesome. Yes, I, I, if I ever wanted to see Batman fight Godzilla, this is your. I, I don't know how we could tie that one into hell, but it kind of seemed like it was a little slice of. Uh, they were going through hell. <laughs> Gotham City had descended into the pits of yeah, hell. Yeah, that seemed like there some some good hell in there. But moving on to uh, a galaxy far far away, we finally have Star Wars issue number seventeen, written by Jason Aaron, um, artist by. They Neil Francis you. I think so. I'm hoping that's right. Okay, I'm going with it. We freaking get nerf herders. 
Drop the mic. Yeah, I Seriously. saw that. I'm like, oh, you <laughs> scruffy nerve herders. <laughs> so awesome. The um, nerve herders just look like um, yeah. buffalo. Uh, the parts with uh, Leia in the prison where they're going through looked and reminded me so much of Rat Queen. This comic, Angela and, well, even Awesome Hulk, totally Awesome Hulk, and Patsy Walker, freaking squad goals. Like this, that should be the, th- other than hell, squad goals is the theme of yes. our picks this we got week. a team working together. Yeah. We're bringing Dr. Agfra back and fighting her, helping her, them fight their way out of this was freaking pretty freaking cool i did not exactly expect that to work out and it probably will not so yeah, work out. i think it's it's definitely an alliance of necessity which is doomed to a sudden and inevitable betrayal uh, yeah but i don't know maybe i mean she knows that she's not uh darth vader's right hand girl anymore kind of because she clearly seems to have thought that they were coming that darth vader had sent these people to kill her which i mean when you're working yeah. with uh with darth you know uh, success is your only survivable option. And even then, don't be too Pretty successful because he might Pretty kill much. you just because you're now a rival. He still might kill you just because, yeah. Mm, mm, I don't like that. Mm. The only acceptable grade for <laughs> being Darth Vader's henchman is a B+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. You can't get too good. It, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I, I like the, uh, the battle, battling their way out. Basically battling their way out of a dungeon kind of thing. This was a little... Uh, Yes. D&D-ish. I mean, you can see where they rolled well. <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah, that's the little rat queens, too. So, yeah, no. I did like fun. that there were, there were moral dilemmas and decisions that Leia had to make that had actual consequences. So yeah. I, I enjoy that, that it's not just a simple action story, that there are decisions they have to make, and you see her improvising and overcoming, and then the guy who's locked in the control room, uh, he sets all the, the prisoners free and like Leia rounds them all up again and captures them without without killing them and locks them back in a room right. and then he just like opens up the 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 shield cuz they're floating right near the sun and just like burns everybody mm-hmm. in the room that he's herded her, that she's herded them into yeah it's pretty pretty brutal <laughs> i also um enjoyed the uh the luke oh you've never heard of the millennium falcon yeah. him busting that line out i was like oh that's funny though the the stuff with uh luke and han was was really funny i the stuff with the them being nerf herders like when i saw that i was i was so happy it was a it was an awesome buddy comedy there for a few moments very much felt like it and then whenever the millennium falcon does like a maneuver like all of the the (laughs) nerfs start like throwing up and like shedding and like crapping all over the place so every time you'll see it do like a like a bank or like a like a fancy like maneuver in a fight, you'll see like the little word bubbles of them like going, "Oh, get it off of me!" Yeah. So it was that that was funny. That was a nice um, like the prison story with Leia is actually really dark, and then you kind of mix it, it up with some humor there. Not only is it dark. The freaking panels are dark, so it totally evokes like an awesome, like crazy it's prison breakout vibe. Yeah. So really, really good, good on the on the artist for like really evoking that really darkness, scariness, kind of horror. It's almost like um aliens or alien or aliens or any of the aliens where it's like you're trying to break out of this dark scariness yes. and there's shit jumping out at you. Like uh, I, I thought that was really well. well I think the well artist done. and writer both did a really good job of balancing the two stories. And using the the way they visually look to contrast each other, the tones of what's happening are are different. Because if you have super dark, depressing, you know, morally heavy story go on for too long, it loses its impact. 
if you break that up with some comedy, yeah, you, you can reset the tone. You need some you know? slapstick. Yeah, it's it is Star Wars after all. And there the, like be the funny. zany adventure, you don't have to have it make total <laughs> sense from point A to B to C. You can have like point A, something no. funny happens, you know. Then you cut back to the dark stuff, and now you're at point C, and something else happens. So you can have more like little like vignettes for that. You know, you don't need their entire yeah, space it was battle. A, it was yes. a good balance. It was a really good balance. It made it it made it really fun to read, and it was one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, another Star Wars story. Yeah, this you know Star Wars and both Darth Vader. The last couple issues, I've not been. They've still been really good, but I haven't been super excited about them. This is a return to a Star Wars story that I actually really liked and want to keep. Reading. Brought, it brought it. Oh, yeah. It brought it home. I, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this one. I will let you uh, you do the first rating because I know what I want to give it, but I think you're probably going to do the same thing. Oh, it's going to be Nerf Herders. Well, no, well, I won't take that. I can switch it up. I'm going to give it just because it's freaking referenced. I'm going to give it four parsecs. So I, I liked it. I will give it uh, four scruffy Nerf Herders. God, so awesome! It's so funny because they totally led you there without spelling it out. Without telegraphing it before the the reveal came. Like, oh, it's so awesome! Yeah, that was a good. Well, and I also like because now in Empire, when she calls him a scruffy nerf herder, she's referencing something that's exactly happened, you know exactly. It's not just a random. Insult, oh no, that was you know? so freaking awesome! That was that was oh god damn it! They're smart. What I what I want to see is when they meet up. Is they mm-hmm. come and out of Falcon, you know, and they're just covered in nerf. Nastiness, not you know. diarrhea and pee and hair. Yes, yes. Yeah, they look like Wookies. But instead of being tart and feathered, uh, they're scruffy and. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> Whether that doesn't happens matter. Or not, this we'll, we'll the see. the gauntlet has been laid down with this. Like seriously, the the tying in of these comics with the movies is so fantastic because if you know the movies, obviously so inside it out this is tying in so well with all these random callbacks to all of those things it's 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 freaking awesome i love it i love it i i really am liking yeah. the series again have you been keeping up with uh, avengers standoff like keeping up with the kardashians <laughs> this is a little better than probably that probably way but... better than that less less kardashian yeah I didn't read all new, all different Avengers 7. I read New Avengers 8, and I read Howling Commandos. Okay, so I read new, I read both of them. So I read all new, all different um, Avengers standoff, which I think you would actually really, really, really like this one because the vision is in it. Ooh. And the vision gives Miss um, Marvel this, because she, I guess Miss Marvel was, ki- I don't remember the first one. She was kicked out of the Avengers. They've mentioned it, um, but I haven't been reading okay. all new, all different Avengers, so I don't know why. Okay, so she was kicked out, and I guess she's really, like, really, really sad about it. And so the Vision gives her a gift, and it's basically, it's like she is in virtual reality, so she can almost participate in all the Avenger stuff that's going on. So she, like, cries because she's so happy because she misses being an Avenger. I was like... This is so touching. You had me at Miss Marvel and the Vision. <laughs> oh my god, you have to read this one. There is a panel where she like hugs him and she's crying and it's like I was like, "Oh my god, it was so sweet." Like he he obviously gave her this first he scares the shit out of her because appear he appears in her like teacher, like appears out of him. Right. And it's freaky and she's like freaked out and he he basically tells her like, "I you know, come meet me. Come meet me after class on the roof." 
and he gives her this gift and i was like it was like it was really a sweet touching moment well, of him giving her yeah i mean mark wade is the the writer on it and annie kubert is the the artist and mark wade can is a very effective writer Oh, yeah. So it I was... actually saw on uh, Facebook, someone had said, like, why do you always make me cry, Mark Wade? So now I think oh. I know. Well, that's totally, it's totally this. Because Miss Marvel's crying because she's so happy and she, like, leaps and hugs him. And it was like, oh, it was a really touching moment. And he puts his hit, he puts his hand on her head, which oh. is, like, so sweet. Because it's like, you, the vision, he's cold in a way but still obviously very caring and totally understands human interaction because he makes her this thing that makes her so unbelievably happy from up up until that point after this point it's where i get lost (laughs) (laughs) there is so much shit going on i don't understand there's like two maria hills going on yeah they had that in the the last one yeah i got really really lost after that but that those first several panels were just so unbelievably adorable well, it sounds like I have a book to go back and, and read. You have to go back. At least read the first couple of pages. But after that, it gets really, really confusing. There's, like, duplicates of Avengers. There's a du- two different Marvel uh, Maria Hills. There's two different groups. I don't know. Quicksilver gets shot again. I don't <laughs> I don't think he's dead, but... <laughs> all kinds of craziness. There's all, it, it's crazy. I got lost. I got what really did you lost. end up giving it? Just for the first several panels like i would i they could have continued on with that and i would have loved it um but the other stuff totally don't get what's going on but for just for those just for those couple of panels i i would give it four tearful ms marvels because that was adorable so i read uh new avengers 8 uh which is the advanced no sorry not advanced idea mechanics it's avengers the Avengers have taken over AIM, uh, and this is their, they learn what's what's happened in, not, well, they don't learn right away what's happened in Pleasant Hill, but they they know that Rick Jones has reached out to them for help, mm-hmm. and they, they have a vote uh, where everyone decides to, whether they're going to go against uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. and, or if they're, if they're going to toe the line. And everyone yeah. votes to do that except for uh, three people of the like 200 people that are on the island, which mm-hmm. is the uh, Squirrel Girl, uh, Hulkling, and Wiccan. So they yep. they trick them and teleport them to like the desert so that they're not part of of this, so that they're not taken down by the betrayal that they're about to to unleash on Shield by the Champagne Robot, which totally made me laugh. <laughs> You didn't think I would just have a robot to serve champagne, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that was hilarious. I was like, okay, that's pretty damn funny. But I was like, what? Where do I get this champagne robot and that delivers champagne? Does it? Yeah. I I would be okay with that. So, uh, New Avengers number eight is written by Al Ewing and Marcus Toe is the two Toe. I'm not sure how is the the artist for it. So, I mean, the basic plot line there is that they have decided to to go and rescue Rick Jones because they they know him. Um, and they know that if he's asking for help, that he's on the the right side. That Shield has become more and more authoritative and and out of control. So they they are going to help help him. And they go to the. It's not a helicarrier. It's like a, a more assault carrier. Like a, I think is what they call it. Yeah, it's like a super super. It's more battley, is what they say. They call it Shield Battle Carrier. Yes. It's like a helicarrier, but more battley. So they they <laughs> rip a hole in the side of that, and they end up fighting the um, agents of Shield. And you find out that there is a double agent uh, involved, 
so that the the plot line is getting a little more complex, like who's on what side. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how it's advancing that Avengers standoff. People are starting to take sides. Um, not everyone is who they seem, which seems to be a carryover from the last one. Um, overall, I thought it was it was really interesting. I haven't been reading it because I, I thought the idea of uh, Avengers taking over AIM. I wasn't I wasn't on board with it, but I, I liked this a lot, actually. I liked it more than I thought I would. I wasn't too sure about it. I don't know all of these characters. I don't I don't keep up with all, all of the Avengers because there's just <laughs> so many of them. them. Yeah. So many Avengers. Um but the last panel, we're gonna get freaking Godzilla. Yes. The American Kaiju. Holy yeah. Shit. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you read Godzilla in you Hell? Know. I know you love Godzilla. Yes. I fucking love it. And do you know there's another series coming out? I saw that. Yeah. Oh, you know I'm on board. <laughs> I am all about Godzilla. Godzilla is totally my jam. So it's basically two so. Godzilla, <laughs> two kaiju uh, heavy uh, issues this week. Yeah, I'm I'm totally down. Like give me give me all give me all the kaiju. I'm I'm in. So in. I ended up giving this one uh, three and a half double agents. I will give it three kaiju. I left that one for you. <laughs> so. We had another, there's a lot of these Avengers books. And normally, if we had a full cast, we probably wouldn't have time to do more detailed reviews. But they had Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is also a issue that is canceled. Um, I don't know if Carissa has been reading this, but this seems right up her alley. So uh, Howling Commandos is basically all of the the monsters of the, the Marvel Universe. Um, put together on a, a team to go out and do stuff. And in, in the Avengers uh, standoff one, the little, the cute little, I think it was like a Pomeranian dog, actually is one of the Howling Commandos that uh, they captured. Uh, so I guess the the big alien monster that they that was trapped there had actually uncovered what they were doing because he's like a he's he's super. He doesn't look like he's a super genius, but. He is. Um, he had uncovered what, you know, the whole thing with like uh, Kobeck and the, the Cosmic Cube and all of that. And they basically had kind of railroaded him, railroaded him and sentenced him to the prison where he got turned into the little dog, which he actually really, he liked being the dog. He misses his family when he comes out. He felt like he was loved. So it, that part to me was kind of sad that the, the big monster just wants to be loved, you know? Um, there's... There's a really cute scene uh, towards the beginning where he's out with his family and he's like playing frisbee. So he like leaps up, you know, to get the frisbee as a little dog, and then they they blast everyone with the stuff that turns them back. So he's like standing in the middle of the street with a little tiny frisbee in his mouth. <laughs> I love that that scene. Aw, I did not read this, but now I want to read this. Oh, it's 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 so awesome. <laughs> I I didn't I read the first issue of of Howling Commandos. And I didn't like it, but I didn't love it either. Uh, but this one has, it has werewolves in it. It has vampires. It's got... Totally Carissa's jam. So she she should go back and read these. I think she will, she'll like oh, it. So what you basically <laughs> find out here is the, the alien monster guy who got sentenced to uh, Pleasant Hill, he thought that the Howling Commandos had betrayed him. He thought they were all in on it. But it's really just the the like super villain mad scientist that runs the team that uh, sent him there. So when he finds out that the other Howling Commandos came to get him, um, he's happy that you know he liked his family when he was the dog, but now he has his his other family 
here for him. So he's he's happy about that. And he goes, uh, he actually goes toe to toe with the um, the little girl who's the the cosmic cube. Um, they go kind of round and round, um, and he's able to. He's not able to defeat her, but he doesn't go down like a, a pushover when he he fights her. There's also um, that much about his background. So I ended up looking him up because the whole the whole thing with his family and everything like it was really touching. So it made me want to know more uh, about him. And I read about his like kind of crazy weird origin that he came to Earth and like mentally controlled everyone. And then went to go take a nap in a circus when he was done. And there was a gorilla. This is like crazy Jack Kirby (laughs) plot line, right? So he's got all the humans controlled and he goes to take a nap in a circus. And there's a gorilla who's mad because he's not getting fed by humans. So the gorilla like beats him up when he's asleep. And that's how the earth is saved. Oh my God. So so the Cosmic Cube uh, girl throws him into this like alien world that's a circus. And he's fighting this uh, this gorilla, and it's it's actually really sad, you know, that the the gorilla is like sort of like taunting him and like calling back his past to him, and you know, you're you're never going to find your family, and you know, they all betrayed you. So that that was a really effective uh, scene for me. And if I don't think if I had bothered to to go and read that about halfway through the issue, I was like, I got to know more you're about like, this guy. This, this is some crazy shenanigans. I need to figure. Out. Yeah. So then I read that, and I was like, huh you know, fell asleep in a circus and fought, got beat up by a gorilla. Okay. That sounds, you know, appropriately, you know, silver age, uh, Jack Kirby, Marvel weirdness. And then like the next two pages was that exact scene. Huh. So, yeah. That's- so you find out that the, the howling commandos at the end, uh, they, they know what's going on in Pleasant Hill. They're going to take it to shield. So they are, they're clearly on the anti shield side of this. But yeah, the, and sadly enough, the Howling Commandos, though, is one of the series that's getting canceled, which sucks. So yeah. there's, I, I'm telling yeah, you, this, this book, there's a werewolf, there's a monkey assassin, uh, there's this alien guy, there's vampires, there's all kinds of craziness going on. There's robots. Um, it's it's like every like 1950s horror movie has its its monster in here that's a special agent, so... It's it's interesting. Interesting. Uh, I ended up giving it three and a half cosmic cubes. I think the all the Avengers tie-ins have been pretty strong. Um, there have been a few like the Agents of Shield that wasn't so great, but overall, it's it's a pretty strong story that's developing, and I'm I'm really looking forward now to going back and reading. You're like I'm going to all new all different Avengers. Yeah, you sold me on that. Pretty one. pretty specific. makes it for you. So normally. I would do Christina's Corner Time, but I'm not going to because we did so much this week. However, if anyone would like to make some suggestions about some stuff we would like to talk about, I would be fully down. You know, you can reach us on Twitter and, and our Facebooks and all that good stuff. Um, like if you'd like your movie reviews or if you want some cool websites that we go to or, you know, suggestions, any of that kind of stuff, I, I'd be down. I'd be down. <laughs> Christina's listening? Yeah, Christina's listening. I'm here. so those were the books we read this week to check out our weekly pull list and other nerd shenanigans go check out fourcolornerd.com or our facebook page four color nerds you can also follow us on twitter or on instagram we're all four color nerds there too you can find the podcast on itunes on stitcher on soundcloud make sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to come back next week for another episode until then keep reading nerds